Trying to grab all the groceries in one trip? Oof, not how you would have done that. You know sometimes less is more. Like when you drive less and save with the USAA annual mileage discount. USAA. Get a quote today. Hi, this is Marissa Meyer. And this is Delaney. And this is Sloan. And you're listening to the Prince Kai Fan Pod. Hello, welcome to episode 139 of the Prince Kai Fan Pod, a Marissa Meyer Book Club podcast where Captain is King. Marissa is Queen, and I am your host, Bethany Finger. Today's episode is brought to you by Rampion Crew Patron Supporters. Thank you. Today's special guests are both Rampion Crew Patreon members, Aviana and Naya. If you guys would like to take a moment and introduce yourselves and tell us how you found Marissa Meyer. Yeah, so it's actually pronounced Nia. But Sorry, it's totally Nia. Fun. No, that's okay. It's spelled like it should be Nia. Um... I was introduced to Marissa Meyer by my best friend. We were doing a book swap where I was going to read one of her books that she was reading, and then she was going to read one of mine. And she never actually read mine, but it's fine because she gave me Cinder, and I loved it. All right. So I'm Aviana. Some fun facts about me. I like the sunshine, springtime, animals, flowers, colorful things. Um, so how I found Marissa Meyer Seventh grade, my teacher gave me, no, it was a class reading, and we got the book Cinder, and I was like, oh, this is really good, I like it, so I read it, um, and then I think I read Scarlet and Crest, and then I kind of forgot about it, um, then, like, years later, I'm getting ready to move, I find Cinder in my room, and I was like, oh, I, this, I can't fit this in my bag, so, uh, I got rid of it, um, then, Months later, I was looking for something to read, and I go to the library, and I see Cinder. And I was like, oh, I've read that book before. And I was like, so I got it. Um, Then I read it, and I read it really fast. I was like, oh, I forgot how much I like this. So I read that, and then I read the rest of the series, and then I found the podcast, and here I am. <laughs> you um are also like my Swifty buddy. Oh, always. <laughs> Ever since I was, like, little, I've been obsessed. <laughs> so funny. I'm like, I get all these stickers. Like, I yes, always have tons of Taylor stickers. stickers. I'm like, oh, Bethany would love these. <laughs> I loved it, too, because the envelope said, like, only open if you're fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So funny. Yeah, I, I was like, like I hope I'm fabulous today. Maybe I should do yeah. it. <laughs> well, <laughs> you're always fabulous. You can open it always. <laughs> oh, yes. like five minutes after we did like the first recording, um, I watched like the all too well thing. Did and it break you? Yeah. My parents didn't get it. They didn't understand. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Oh man. My husband didn't like, watch it. Um, but he came in and out of the room, like, while I was watching it, and he kind of, like, stood there and watched a little bit, um, and it was the part where they were in the kitchen, and he, he was, like, he was, like, <laughs> I don't that remember is... dropping your hand. Like, yeah, it was, it was, like, yeah. he definitely dropped her hand. Like, he's, yeah, like, it was he's like, that is so toxic. That's some red flags. I was, like, that's kind of the point, dude. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, that then I so did, like, funny. a deep dive oh, and just, like, all of this, like, research on like fan theories and stuff great actor <laughs> what it truly means to be a swifty yeah i know or a lunar because i just finished reading cinder's adventure 
Um, oh my gosh, oh, I, I have to so so bad. We can't talk too much about it because of spoilers, but you guys, I have so many suspicions. <laughs> I want to read it. I need to read it. Is it like an ebook or something? It is an ebook, but if you don't have an ebook, you can download. What can you download? You can download the Kindle app and get uh-huh. it on there. Or oh, cool. Lino. Okay. You don't have There's to. A Libby app. A Libby oh, app. I oh, have is it that. on Libby? I think I so. have Libby, and I, I'm pretty sure I have Kindle on here somewhere, but I need to. I need to read that because um, I'm a big. I know you can I also do it on um, Nook, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and I want to say you can do it on Apple Books. I haven't seen it there, but I, mean, I also haven't looked. Would... Yeah, I haven't looked, but I haven't seen it there. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can get it on Apple Books. So if you have an iPhone. Um, you can, uh, just get it through there. That's perfect. I am gonna do a bonus episode for Patreon with Leah from YA Book Chat, so that will come out, um, hopefully the next month or two. I want to give everybody plenty of time to read it. Uh-huh. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's a really good book. I'm not gonna tell anyone what it's about, because even the title gives away spoilers, so. Is it long? How long is it? It's 53 chapters, but it's a choose-your-own-adventure, so at the end of each chapter, you get to decide, like, what the next step is. That's That's really exciting. And there's graphs and charts all over Instagram. Like, I made one for myself as I was going so that I could keep track of what I was picking. Um, But I have seen some people's graphs and charts, and they all look amazing. Yeah, so I was expecting like a short story. I didn't realize it was like the length of a book, which is exciting. I'm I'm excited. Yeah, it's it's a pretty long one. Um, because also, like I said, it's a choose your own adventure. So you're kind of reading multiple different stories. Okay, and everyone's is kind of different too. I bet. Yeah, that's fun. So let's talk about what you're currently reading. Okay, so I just finished a collection of short stories called Because You Love to Hate Me last night when I was supposed <gasps> to be sleeping. Oh! <laughs> it was so good. Have you read it? So, okay, I've read the one Marissa wrote. Yeah, okay. Oh I my need gosh. to. Re- I have the so whole good. thing and I need to read it, but I read the one um, Marissa wrote, which we will cover when we get done with all of the Lunar Chronicles, we're going to do Heartless, but first we're going to cover that story as, like, a palate cleanser before we move into Heartless, so. Oh, that's yeah. cool. Super yeah. exciting. Yeah, oh my gosh, it was so good. I've never seen, like, the ones where it's, like, a booktuber, like, gives a prompt to an author. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I don't it's know. It's fun. I'm, like, yeah, it was really, like, um, A Tyranny of Petticoats is similar, and she has a story in there, too. Oh, yeah. I also have the like that I want to read. It's called um, well I start, I'm on like the first page of it. It's called Slath- Slasher Girls and Monster Boys. I think um, it's like the same thing, but like horror. I think like a collection of compiled short stories. Um, and I'm also reading City of Bones by Cassandra Clare, and I'm listening to One True King by. So many Chinani, I think. Chinani? Yeah. Which is the sixth book in the School for Good and Evil series. Love it. Ileana, what about you? Oh, okay. So, 
Um, I like to read a fiction and a nonfiction, and also I'm doing a ton of school right now, so I've got I'm reading textbooks. Fun. Um, so the fiction book I'm reading right now is called The Golden Day. Um, and it's by Ursula Dabrowski. I hope I pronounced her name right. Um, I've never heard of this book. It's not normally something I would like get. Um, but I saw it at the library, and I was like, oh, this looks kind of fun. So tried it out. It's like a mystery, so I think that's kind of fun. Um, and let's see, the fiction book. Um, I just finished reading a book called Killing JFK. Um, and it's about John F. Kennedy's assassination. And it's pretty interesting because you get some insight to Oswald, the, like, guy that killed him. And, like, his intentions, which were obviously not good. But I thought that was interesting. Um, yeah. So, you know, that's fun. I got a lot of geography textbooks. You know, they're interesting. Human geography. Anyone want to read that? Not really. I don't really want to, but, but you know. That is so, you're like, so adult about your reading choices. You're like, I'm going to educate myself. I'm going to expand my horizons. I'm going to challenge myself. And I'm like, I'm going to be a young adult until the day I die. And I don't care no, that I'm 32. Oh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's so funny, though. I'm like, hmm. People, like, I feel like they look at me and they're like, oh, she probably doesn't read that. <laughs> I said, really? Do you want to read about this? <laughs> I've read I've read quite a few nonfiction, but it's usually memoir or history-based. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you like history, I recommend Destiny of the Republic, which is a oh. dual biography that um, covers... President Garfield and Charles Guteau, the man who assassinated him. It also has like a um, a nice backstory for um, Alexander Graham Bell, who created several inventions in his attempt to uh, save the president before he died, including what we consider a modern day uh, air conditioner and um, metal detector. Oh, that sounds really cool. So what it's called Destiny of the what? Republic. Oh, perfect. Okay, I'm actually, that sounds really cool. I love it when there's assassination stories. <laughs> it is also written by Candace Millard, one of the few female historical biographers. It's not a very, oh, it's not perfect. common for women to be successful in that field, and she has That's been. That's true. So, uh, perfect. Yeah, super Wonderful. Cool. Okay, I love so it. I am listening to the Ranger's Apprentice series. Uh, we are recording these episodes, like, one right after the other. So, because I'm moving, and I won't be able to record for, like, a month and a half. So, I assume the last episode I said I was reading this series. I'm still reading it. <laughs> I'm listening to all the books, because uh, I like to listen to one book at a time and read a book at a time, so I can go back and forth. So, right now, I am on um, Eric's Ransom, which is one, two, three, four, the seventh book. Um, and I am reading Bravely by Maggie Stiefvater, Stiefvater, don't ask, I don't know. Oh, I've heard of her. Yeah. S-T-I-E-F-V-A-T-E-R. I think it's Stiefvater? Stiefvater, okay. Which is a sequel to the movie Brave, uh, which was a Disney film. That's what I'm reading. It doesn't come out until May. I got a, an early copy when I was at North Texas Teen Book Festival, so hoping it's good. You guys can check out my blog in like two weeks if you find if you want to find out if it was or not. It's an Ooh, option. Blog? Where is it at? Yeah, I have a librarian blog where I um, post about books. Oh, that's What's cool. Where can I follow it? 
Um, if you go to the link in the my bio on Instagram, there should be a link for it. Okay, I'm gonna click it out because later because I don't want to accidentally click out of the <laughs> podcast and we have to restart. Yeah, I haven't updated it in a little while because um, of everything I've had going on uh, in my home life. But if you go to my personal uh, page, there is like if you go to Bethany Finger Author uh-huh. on Instagram, there's a link in my bio. Um, and it's in there under book review blog. But yeah, it's broken down by like genre. So I'll have like a summary and a review and then like what genre I think it fits into. And um, there's like graphic novels and books I've read and stuff like podcasts, res- other resources. Um, yeah, well, like I said, I don't know how much I don't know if anybody actually wa- like reads it, but it's there if they want to. That's so cool. Yeah, I want to check it out. Yeah, me too. Now I feel like I definitely need to update it. (laughs) (laughs) So let's talk about some fan art Friday. I'm super excited for this fan art. I absolutely love this first one, which is from Millie Hansen on Tumblr. It is Lavana in her glass tower with her giant throne which was described to us in the chapter with jason okay it's actually chapter eight so that's a lot longer ago than i thought i thought it was like a couple of chapters ago i thought it was like chapter 31 so the chapter where they described this particular room is what i was looking for Mm. and i know jason's the one that goes in there it's when um it's when he first comes back to luna not when he's reporting about the yeah, so I'm right. Okay. Okay, so let's look at the picture while I describe it and see how they did. I think they did really good. The elevator doors opened into the Queen's Solar, an octagonal room made up of windows on all sides. The cylindrical elevator itself was encapsulated in glass and stood at the room's center so that no part of the view would be obstructed. The decor was simple. Thin white pillars and a glass dome overhead mimicking the dome over the city. This tower, this very room, was the highest point in Artemisia, and the sight of all those buildings white and glittering beneath them, and an entire jewelry case of stars overhead, was all the decoration the room required. I think the artist did an amazing job. I really like how they did the light in the room, Mm -hmm. reflecting off the glass. I know. Obviously, took a lot of skill. I liked, um, I liked how the, how you could see the beautiful like buildings of the city, but then on the outskirts, you could see where it's just kind of not taken care of. Like as as long as Lavana, it's not where Lavana is. It doesn't have to be beautiful. You know what I'm saying? Like everything that the light touches, concept. Mm-hmm. I love how tall the throne chair the throne is. Do you see how tall and, that chair is? Yeah. Yeah. And I love how tall her crown is in the dress. I feel like mm-hmm. the dress is very eye-catching. I love the red. Bold. Very Lavana. Yeah, I like how it's, like, all the other colors are kind of, like, gray and blue and white. And then she's, like, she really, like, sticks out. I think which is definitely, like, her goal, like, in life. So oh, yeah. <laughs> to be, like, stand out. Yeah. Yeah, if yeah you, but not um, in a positive way. <laughs> yeah, if you She's zoom like in, looking. there's like, if you can zoom in on the picture, there's a lot of detail. Mm-hmm. So there's a chandelier at the very top of this tower, 
It does have the octagon shape that was described in the book. The floor almost looks like it's reflective glass. Like if you zoom in, you can see her dress reflected on the ground. And it also looks like she's kind of like crossing her arms, like observing, like Uh presiding over her city. I agree. And I love all the spokes, spikes, spokes you can see around the like, is that what they're called? (laughs) (laughs) Um, If you look around the, the shape of the room on the outside, you see all these like spikes, which also kind of remind me of a crown. It also reminds me about how, like, she doesn't really want people to not be happy there. Like, it's kind of like a cage. Yeah, that's a good point. Because it's, like, holding all the light in and stuff. And, of course, there's uh, Mm -hmm. the giant sky filled with stars. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh, I I love the way they did it. It kind of reminds me of, like, the aurora, like, borealis, like, the way it's, like, shimmering. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, and there's, like, different color tones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Millie Hansen, you did a magnificent job. Yes, Millie, I love it. I think, I like the dress. I feel like it's so, I've already talked about the dress, but I feel like it's, <laughs> I like the fit of the dress. The, like, it's, like, almost like a, kind of like a mermaid fit, like, fit and flare. Yeah, where it's, like, really tight until it gets to the knees, and then it has, like, a bell shape that flares out. Uh-huh. It's very it's Lana, like, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. It kind of reminds me of Star Wars. That one you'll need to explain. Yeah, because yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> I remember you don't watch, you haven't seen that, or you're not. I, I've seen the first three. I had my eyes closed for a pretty large portion, because, you know, <laughs> yeah. strobe effects. But I have seen them. I watched yeah. some with my dad, but I don't remember them. <laughs> I've been rewatching them with my dad and my brother, so it's been real fun. So this next one is from Zero Jim Zero on Deviant Art, and it's just a a really nice picture of Kai. I like it because it's like we see him in his sort of emperor costume, if you will, his garb. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, if you zoom in, you can see a lot of decoration on the lapel. You can see there's a brooch on his tie. There's like a gold thread along the outlining of his black suit. He looks very distinguished, very well put together, and then that that messy hair, which I love. Mm-hmm. I was just it about works, to though. say that. Like, it's the look. I think, yeah, it's such a clean, crisp look, you know. But then you get to the hair, and you kind it kind of just I feel like it's like almost like a metaphor for how like kind of you know apart his life is. Um, yeah. It's like, yeah, it can be all clean and neat, but also it's a mess. <laughs> I like how, this is like exactly how I pictured him. Like, not just how he looks, but like how he's standing. Like, yeah, I don't even mm-hmm. know how to describe it, but like, it's like he, even when like everything's going like crazy for him, he always like has like good posture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I noticed the red on his like suit and I it's like reminds me of the other picture where Lavana's in red so like oh they yeah. tie together <laughs> well I have, I think of it and I know this is a very slight distinction but I was thinking of like in the first book where they described Lavana's lips as blood red mm-hmm. and they described the commonwealth colors as gold and crimson red 
So I was thinking of this as like supposed to be the crimson and then Lavana's dress is the blood. Oh, yeah. see, that makes sense, you know? Or like for her, it's like red, but then kind of like cold silvers, kind of, but then his yeah. is like mm-hmm. gold. I love the gold detail so much. I think it was very, very good. Yeah. Yeah, very well so done. So I hadn't actually, now that I think about it, this is actually from the first fan art, but I was wondering, is this the throne room? No. Okay, that's what I was no, wondering. No, this is like her, um, so they called it her Solaire. Okay, that makes sense. So like her private... Yeah, yeah. Because the throne room okay. is like really big and like where. Yeah, I was gonna say there's got to be seats. <laughs> but but beautiful job by both these artists. So you can follow both of those artists online, and you can find more of their artwork if you follow their tags, which you will find on the Prince Kai Fan Pod website. Last week, Patreon members voted for chapter titles. Chapter titles for Chapter 35 is Welcome to the Black Parade by My Chemical Romance. And for Chapter 36, This Ain't a Scene, It's an Arms Race by Fallout Boy. And I think that's it. So we can go ahead <laughs> to the chapter discussion. <laughs> to the chapter discussion. Oh my goodness. Okay, so last week we left off with Cinder's video um, was released in the sectors declaring herself the true queen and um, the people in her sector joined her revolution and the hope is that others will join as well we are in Kai's perspective and he has been trapped in his suite on Luna this entire time Lavana has been feigning respect by offering this big beautiful lavish suite but she won't let him out. He's literally under lock and key with guards at the door and no communication with anyone. And of course, he misses Torin. I love there's a scene where he's like, oh, if only I could break out and scale the building. And I was like, in my notes, I'm like, okay, in what world he could, could you not. scale a building, Kai? You're not Spider-Man. Like, I know. No, Cinder could wolf. scale a building. He's like... Wolf I mean, could. maybe. <laughs> I don't even know if Cinder could scale a building. Just Cinder would That's probably true. try, but... <laughs> yeah, I would love to she, see Kai like even climb out of the window, let alone scale the building. Yeah, it's the thought that counts. He's like, no, I could do it. Yeah, he's yeah. That's like me. I think I could do something like that. I'm like, oh, I could do that, and then I could not do that. Yeah, the only one of the crew that I could think of that could do it would be Wolf. Wolf, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, but I feel like Thorn would think he could too. Thorn would try. He would think no, he, he could. No, he would like try me. so he hard. Would No, I don't think so. I think Thorn would brag and be like, I could totally do that. And then uh-huh, when the time came to couldn't. actually <laughs> climb out of the window, he'd be like, oh, you know, maybe it's not the best weather for it. He would brag that he could do it until the time came to actually do it. And then he'd come up uh-huh. with like the flimsiest excuse as to why he shouldn't have to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Like, I'm actually and kind I of think, sore. I think everyone would try to make up excuses except for Cress. Like I think yeah, Scarlet. Yeah. Ev- I think even Scarlet would want to keep her like tough girl persona, and she'd make up some kind of excuse. But I think Cress would be like, no. Yeah, Cress would. She's already in tears. <laughs> Cress is like, no. You know, Cinder be like, maybe my appendage can be used for this or maybe one of my sideboard parts and scarlet would be uh-huh. like well i know how to do this on the farm maybe i could do this and winter would be like optimistic because she doesn't know how else to be alive and jason would be like well i can't look like a 
a wimp in front of Winter, and <laughs> he's like, I Cress would that. just be like, no. No, Cress would be like so the mom of the group. She'd be like, no. In what universe are we doing this? Like, what <laughs> yeah. <was the> reason? <laughs> yeah. What under the moon would give you the idea that this is yeah. plausible in any way? <laughs> Torin would just laugh at them. He'd pro- Torin would probably like he roll would. his eyes and mutter under his breath and just be like, oh, teenagers. Oh, he's like, goodness. <laughs> He'd have like a whole Grow up. monologue about like how they're gonna like, they're taking like years off of his life. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, Every gray hair is from you. <laughs> Kai has been barely eating because he's just so worried about all of his friends. And Cinder, obviously. What's new? Right? <laughs> Lavana confiscated his port screen. Not shocking there. And his job was to find out about Scarlet. He snuck them onto Luna. His job was to find out what had happened to Scarlet. So it does make me a little sad that he's not able to do that. Because he was supposed to. <laughs> oh, no. No, but this is so sad, like, his job that he was going to do, and then he, he, like, can't even do that, like. Like, the thing that was entrusted to him by Cinder herself. Okay, this is kind of weird and, like, kind of a stretch, but this kind of reminds me of, like, the capital in, like, the Hunger Games. Like, it's supposed to be, like, really pretty and stuff, but then it's, like, like, right before they go into the games, like, how they're, like, stuck there and, like, they can't get off the roof or anything. Like, it reminds me of that, like. It's supposed to look all nice, but then it's, like, actually, like, a prison, and, like, Lavana's like, trying to be all, like, well, she's not trying to be nice, but she's trying to seem like she's being nice. I think that that's kind of what we can expect from yeah. Lavana. You and know, like he said, Lavana. she's feigning respect, because she's like, look at all these luxuries I've given you. Look at this incredible suite that I made for you. But mm-hmm. really what she's done is trapped him there with no communication. I guess maybe he has, like, access to watching the lunar net dramas, but we know that they're not big on Earth and entertainment. So my question is, like, what is he doing this whole time? I know! Like, I is he just, like, that. pacing around? Like, <laughs> No, yeah. Like, that's, like, the only way I pictured him, like, spending his time. Yeah, like, I picture him just pacing. Forth, like. He, like, I mean, he can't even, like, play solitaire or something, you know? Like, yeah. what has he been doing for the last, like, five days, just standing <laughs> around trying to find a way to entertain himself? It's like, okay, if you're not going to give him a port screen, at least give him something to do. And, like, I get that, like, they probably have video feed, but if I remember correctly, it um, they don't record a lot of their dramas because they can't use glamours on the screen. So most of what he would have access to in terms of, like, quote, TV would be, like, propaganda, mm-hmm. which I guess would be very educational. Like, I would be very curious to learn about the history of Luna. Uh-huh. Me too. <laughs> but I also understand why he wouldn't really want to watch, like, that right now. If he's, like, right. Yeah, he's a little there. preoccupied. Absolutely. Yeah. And he should be. And I totally agree. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think it just goes to show, well, he has all this, like, luxury around him. But yet the only thing he wants is his friends. And I think yeah. that's like, oh, it's so sad. Like, you can have anything, but without friends and without people to care about, it means nothing. Yeah. Well, and like we said, it's, um, you know, he has all these luxuries around him, but what good do they do him? He, he has no way of utilizing, 
you know, it's like, it's really great that he has this big, beautiful bed, but you're only going to sleep so many hours a day. It's really great that he has this massive tub that looks like a pool, but how long are you really going to take a relaxing bath? Like, exactly. Like he said, it's feigned luxury. Mm hmm. Also, I feel like, like in Cinder, like in the first one, he's never really described as like, I don't know, like egotistical. Like, mm-hmm. he always seems like he uh-huh. cares about, like, his people more. So I don't really picture him, like, using the fancy tub if he's, like, I yeah. Don't know. Like, I mean, it's probably not great for him if he's just, like, sitting around worrying all day. But, like, it kind of makes sense for his personality why he wouldn't want to, like, indulge. You know what he reminds me of? Um, U- Ukraine's President Zelensky. Yes. Yeah. Giving that energy. Right, providing that that sort of persona where people can look at you and see. Um, you can just tell that they care about their people, you know? Right. I'm trying to think of... It's, charisma is something different, but, like, they just... Like you said, that energy that they exude seems to be genuine. Mm-hmm. And, like, like just compassion, and, like, they don't think that they're, like... um That they're more important, and that they're, like... Right. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, no, like... I know in- what you're saying. Like, like when, the opposite of Lavana. <laughs> yeah, like, it's like they're so different um, in how they lead, like, how they rule. Yeah. Like, I feel like Lavana's very centered around, like... Love fear. me. <laughs> yeah, like, she... Instead of wanting the people to, like, love her, she wants them to fear her, so she has, like, power. I mean... At this point. But she also does want love because she's never had that, and she all she does right. is want everyone to love her, so she'll you make know, them love her. You know what it makes me think of, and I hope I'm not like ignorant in saying this because I've only lived in the states, and I know other countries have this too. But it reminds me of the concept of like pride in your country versus pride in a leader. Like in the mm-hmm. states, we're not necessarily loyal to like our king or our queen, or our royal family, or even our president, we're loyal to the United States. Yes. Does that make sense? So, like, our uh-huh. priority is the country as a whole, not, a, like, one leader or one ruling family. Um, uh-huh. And so I think that's kind of how Kai thinks of his country. Like, it's not about him. It's about everyone. Yeah, and that's and impressive that's how... for it being a monarchy. Right. Because I don't think he's ever been in it for, like, power or anything. Like, he really genuinely, like, genuinely cares about his uh-huh. like, wants everything to, like, work out for them. But I feel like Levon is more, she doesn't want them to, like, look up to Luna. Like, she wants them to see, like, her as, like, Look up to her, thing. yeah. Right. Yeah. So true. It's, yeah, it's about her, not the country. Mm-hmm. Or the, the planet, if you will. Yeah, the planet. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so funny. It's a rock in the sky. Oh yeah, that's it's not a planet. <laughs> to her it's a planet. Right. It's interesting <laughs> that Kai has that perspective because at a certain point we kind of expect what's the way of putting this? At a certain point we expect Cinder to win and so the rock belongs to Cinder. Uh-huh. But even that feels kind of subjective because Cinder doesn't think of herself as, like, a leader or a ruler. So, like, I'm wondering how Kai feels about the concept of, like, you know, Luna he kind of hates. And he kind of doesn't like Lunars either. But it's mostly just the Lunars that he's been exposed to. 
Mm-hmm. I think it's probably really weird for him, too, if he's, like, thinking he might end up, like, kind of ruling with Lavana. Like, I don't think they see it as, like, I mean, Lavana like, wants to for, like, power and stuff, but I don't think Kai sees himself as, like, possibly, like, one of the leaders of Luna, like, at all. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. They're yeah. marketing. Well, I guess if that's the right word, but, like, they're, like, kind of selling it as, like, what's, what's like, the word for it when you, like, marry for, like, political alliance? Part- yeah, like that. Yeah. But an, adv- like- an advantageous marriage. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's also especially weird because it's not like Kai's, like, parents are kind of, like, organizing it or anything. Well, but so. he's organizing it the way that his parents would organize it. Like, it's still right. a it's still a marriage of convenience and advantages, not a marriage of, like, love, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Well, no, mm-hmm. definitely not. But, like, I don't know. I just feel like he doesn't see it as, like, a good opportunity at this point. Like... No, he doesn't. He feels like this is the only thing he can do. He feels like he's been trapped. The only reason he's doing this is because he needs that antidote. And and otherwise, he would not be doing this. He wouldn't um, have made these decisions. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. As as do I. So, Kai is like, wham, throwing a hissy fit, right? Because he doesn't want to be there. Um, and he goes to the door and is like, I want to go home. And they're like, um, well, you can't do that. But if you want, the queen does want to see you. And he's like, good, um, about time. And he starts walking down the hallway. I love that he, like, is walking down the hallway and does a double take when he sees Channery's, like, holographic portrait. That's my favorite. Yeah, I love that he's like, wait, what? Oh, it's not Cinder. who is that? (laughs) But it could be Cinder. He's like, my love, where are you? (laughs) (laughs) So it's not Cinder, but it kind of sort of looks like Cinder. It looks like her glamour. It looks like her glamour, yeah. Isn't that so interesting? I think it's another, like, um, reminder of how beautiful Cinder really is. Like, um, like, because, like, you know, we always are like, oh, she's, like, you know, all dirty and, like, I don't know, like, with tools. I don't know know how to explain it. But, like, like, it's a good reminder that, like, she's, like, really pretty even though, like, you know, it's not talked about that much. Yeah, she's she's sort of seen as tomboyish and plain. (laughs) Um, uh-huh. and, and it's only people like Kai that recognize, uh, her true appearance. And I think because uh-huh. he describes it as, like, painfully beautiful when she uh-huh. like, had her, like, unintentional glamour, like, I think he really appreciates her for, like, her. Like, yeah. And not, like, yeah. Which is, that's good. We talked about this in a, Sarah and I talked about this in a past episode that, uh, the excessive glamour that that makes it look so incredibly like that person but different from that person could be the equivalent to like uh th- how filters have gotten over the last few years have become like so incredibly uh sophisticated that sometimes when you look through a filter it kind of sort of looks like the person you know but not really yeah mm-hmm. um and i think that 
that's kind of what Kai meant. Like, it does look like her, but like a version of her that's difficult to look at because it's not really her. Her. Yeah. Yeah. I think she also probably looks like Lavana a little bit, too. She yeah. Because like like, she looks like Channery. Yeah. I will say that, like, Lavana. Lavana's glamour, I mean, glamour does not look so. like Lavana. Right. Um. We know I was that them as like similar though. I don't just because we because she can make herself look however she wants, and I don't think mm-hmm. she would want she to look like so Channery. Much. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna yeah. say she probably hates her so much that she couldn't do that. But also, we know that she makes herself look the way that she thinks she should look for other people. So, like the entire mm-hmm. time that she was with Everett, she donned the appearance of his wife. Yeah, oh, that's that was so like weird. so painful, like to. And, and yeah. I don't know, uh, we're not necessarily told when she stopped looking like Solstice, Solstice. but we know that she doesn't anymore because her description um, that we've gotten in the books is different than what we got in Fairest. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, she, we've, we've, um, we've been given plenty of indications uh that she's she puts effort into her appearance based on what she thinks others want her to look like. So, um, me personally, I think she would she would do anything she could to avoid looking like Channery. Also, because she spent the first few years of her, um, like reign as queen, having to prove herself and prove that she was better than Channery. And when Channery was alive. Uh, not only was Lovana mistreated by Channery, she was mistreated by the entire court. Mm-hmm. And Channery, like, encouraged that mistreatment. So I think she would want to separate herself any way that she could. That's just my opinion, though. No, yeah, I didn't think they looked, like, like each other, but I was kind of pictured it as looking kind of similar, like, for somebody else, like Kai. Um, just, like, the way... Just extremely beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't even know how to describe it. Like, different face structure, but have the same kind of, like, I don't know, like, air about them, almost. Kind of like when you can tell Mary. what filter someone uses. Yeah. Like, you can look at something and be like, oh, that's the sepia filter. Even it's like, it's they don't even remotely stuff. look alike, but you can tell that it has that same, um, like, film to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense to me. So while they're walking, Kai notices they pass the crown jewels. Oh. And he, he, um, in the New Beijing Palace, they have the crown jewels tucked away so that uh, average citizens won't, like, walk past them. So when he sees the crown jewels, he wonders, like, how secretive of a place is he going? And he ends up in a giant media room full of screens. And you know what that should... reminds me of? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> no, go ahead. It reminds me of, like, a NASA control center. I thought the same mm-hmm. thing. Uh-huh. And it reminds me, have you guys seen Hidden Figures? No. Yeah. Or read the book? Okay. No. Well, it's just about, um, it's about, like, three I women. know what it's about, and I I always had it in my head that I would see it. I just haven't gotten to it yet. It's, it's like, really good. It's one of my favorites. Like if you don't want to read it, the Yeah. Good. No, the book, the movie is super good. It's actually one of my favorites, but... It just reminds me of, like, the control center in there, 
with all the people in there, and it just, yeah, it just reminds me of that. Or have either of you seen, um, Don't Look Up? No. Um, I don't think so. Or just, like, any, like, space movie. Like, oh, it reminds um, me of, like, that room when they're all, like, Yeah, like, no, that's exactly uh-huh. what I picture, yeah. is that kind of, um, room. Where they're all, mm-hmm. like, staring at giant screens, but everybody's at their own, like, individual desk, mm-hmm. and... Uh-huh. Yeah. And there's kind of, like, layers to it. Like, it's kind of like a stage, almost, like, where right. it's, like, higher in the... Or, like, yeah. any secret movie where they have, like, a secret mission, like, alien movies or uh, CIA or anything like that, where they have, like, a secret mission, but there's, like, lots of people involved. That's that's kind of mm-hmm. how I picture it, where it's that uh-huh. giant room. Like a control room, like a d- command center. For yeah. sure. Yeah. So Kai gets in there and calls Lavana his sweet. <laughs> um, but I love how he says it because, like, that's what she wanted him to call her. So he's like, my sweet. Yeah. <laughs> but, so funny. He's so sarcastic. He is. Winter's death did reach Kai's ears. That gossip got to him, and he, everybody has theories about how she died. Um, the official story is that she was murdered, but some say it was a guard, some say it was a jealous lover, some say it was both. Kai's like, it was Lavana. Mm-hmm. I don't know how, and I don't know why, but I just know it was Lavana. It is a good guess. But he gets in there, and Lavana's wearing a little pin that says, Princess Winter gone, but never yeah. forgotten. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my goodness. She's so oh, silly. Such such a load of crap. I love when he gets up. in there, the first thing he says is, I want to talk to Torin. <laughs> He's been wanting like to talk to him his, for a long time. <laughs> I know. It just makes me so happy that, like, the very first thing he demands is, like, I need to talk to Torin. <laughs> like, okay, his, I have, like, his priority is Torin. So, I, my friends, like, that have read this don't all agree with me, but I feel like Aiko and Torin would be, like, really good friends. Um, I Yeah, they both see, balance each other. I could see and them being, like, for, like a, a good ba- a good foil for one another, yeah. Yeah, because, like, Torin uh-huh. is, like, Kai's, like, comfort person, kind of, and then, like, Aiko's, like, Cinder's a little bit. I could see them both taking the role of, like, superior advisor and then kind of batting back and forth sometimes of like no this is what's best for the country okay but this is yeah. what's best for cinder and then cinder being <laughs> like would be does funny. anybody care what cinder thinks is best for cinder and both of them being like no like <laughs> <laughs> yeah i, how I picture that. their relationship no yeah kind of like um like they're always kind of arguing but because they have like similar roles they'd be kind of like mm-hmm. and they'd always like be together, arguing so. but friends arguing <laughs> yeah. but friends they have they all have the same goal, but they have different ideas as to how to get there. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. So Kai also comes in. Um, Lavana says that he lost all of his rights when he brought criminals onto Luna. So he doesn't get to have communication. He doesn't get his court screen and he does not get his torrent. And he says, well, Aww. fine. I want to know what happened to Scarlet. And Lavana is like, <laughs> oh, there's no one here by that name. Wink, wink. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> and Kai's like, wait, the way she said that makes me really nervous. So, Kai gets in the room, and what this is, what Lavana needs him for, is a propaganda, propaganda video to counter-argue everything that Cinder said in her video. And Kai is going to be under her control 
the whole time. And um, I love, like, when Lavana starts out the video, she tells them, like, everything, and then she goes um, and tells them that it's not true. And it very much reminds me of, like, there's a scene in the fifth Harry Potter movie oh, where yeah. Umbridge is like, you have been told. I'm probably going to play a clip here so that everybody knows what I'm talking about. But Umbridge, like, says, like, you've been told that a certain dark wizard has come back. This is a lie. Now let me make this quite plain. You have been told that a certain... Trying to grab all the groceries in one trip? Oof, not how you would have done that. You know sometimes less is more. Like when you drive less and save with the USAA annual mileage discount. USAA, get a quote today. Dark wizard is at large once again. This is a lie. Oh, yeah. That's That's how I feel like. uh Uh-huh. Yeah, that's how I feel like Lavana's video is. That's a good connection. Yeah. So that's what I think Lavana's video is. Lavana is saying, like, you have been told a certain lost princess has come back. This is a lie. That's, wow, that's a good little connection there. I like it. Oh, thank you. Yeah, or, like, kind of the whole, (laughs) like, not even, I mean, that was, like, a really good connection, but, like, even kind of the entirety of the fifth Harry Potter book, like kind of what it's about, like like political unrest and questioning yeah. authority and um, prop, uh, the, the media trying like, to distort facts so that you're unaware of the true information. So that people aren't like scared, but like withholding information. Withholding so. information, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So here's uh, my summary of Lavana's video. Cinder's grossed and has a yucky metal hand, so she can't be my niece. I also constantly in my head was listening, like, was thinking of the Taylor Swift song, Look What You Made Me Do, because there's a part where she said the old Taylor can't come to the phone right now because she's dead. (laughs) And so that pops into my head a lot. So Cinder, so she's like, Cinder can't be my niece. Because she's dead. And I'm the true queen. Also, I'm really sad about my stepdaughter. Because she's dead. Like... And then here's her future husband coming out. Like, okay, here's my future husband. He's going to be your king. And he also thinks Cinder is really gross. So take it away, husband. And then <laughs> the speech that she makes Kai give, because it's not Kai talking, is no, like, it's <laughs> like Cinder it's so is funny. super dangerous. She like totally has an obsession with me and she kidnapped me and held me hostage and took me away from my beloved queen. And if you see Cinder, <laughs> you turn her in, you snitch her out. I think it was, I think it's so funny how she kept saying, um, she's obsessed with me. <laughs> <laughs> when I feel like in reality, he might be just a little bit more obsessed with Cinder. <laughs> no, I love how he's like stressing how he definitely did not want to be on that ship. He's like, no, it was against my will. <laughs> I so didn't want to go to the party. <laughs> My friends made me go to the party. I did they not want to go. It's so He's funny. He's like, just so we're clear, I was forced into this situation by peer pressure. <laughs> <laughs> I also love, again, we have, um, Lavana takes the video back over and she's like, if it really was my niece, I would totally give up the crown. But it's mm, not. Yeah. Because <laughs> she's dead. She goes, I would welcome her back. Hmm, that's so weird though because her whole thing is like oh my god no like we have to mourn winter like i'm so sad anyways but i don't like her because she's like (laughs) the princess but like no we're so sad that she died 
Like, she's like, yeah, she's dead. It's kind of like in Ferris when, when Cinder first dies. And yes. Everett is, like, trying to comfort Lavana, And Lavana immediately is like, don't you understand? Now I'll be queen. And it's like, girl, you celebrated too early. Now everybody's suspicious. I know. She you gotta have your cards. You can't well. be like, hell yeah, I'm queen. You gotta be like, oh no, I'm the queen. I couldn't. Oh, like, how could this I could happen? never. Like, okay. Oh, what a sad responsibility. <laughs> if you insist. <laughs> I don't know if I'm ready yet. I do I like what she says well. about um, how Celine lies with the stars. I think that's a really um, poetic way of saying it. Yeah, I think it's like a beautiful something, a beautiful way to say it. Even though Lavana, you know, is not beautiful. Nothing she oh, right. says is beautiful, <laughs> right? <laughs> but what she said there maybe was a little beautiful. Yeah, I think it's interesting too because, like, from Luna, the stars are kind of like ish where Earth is. Like, she lies with the stars, but she's like actually like I don't know. I feel like she makes like a good. I guess to like try to seem all like regal and stuff. Yeah. Um, well, doesn't she always? But like, she's always yeah, good effort. Seem, yeah, good effort. She's always trying to seem like kind of like calm and like collected. Almost. Yeah, she doesn't want to lose her cool. She wants to mm-hmm. seem like this doesn't bother her. Yeah, but if it really didn't bother her, if she really didn't think it was a threat, she wouldn't be addressing it. Yeah, and she wouldn't be making Kai say anything either. I do love, um, at the end she says, like, you guys know that we need Earth's resources. You know that we need food from Earth. You know that this alliance is how I'm going to get that for you. Because I'm the best queen ever. Not Cinder. Because she can't be my niece. Because she's dead. And that's, like, the end of the video. And I love that Kai is like, well, Cinder's gonna know it's a fake. And it's like, Kai, out of everything that just happened, is that what's most important to you? Cinder doesn't believe me. Is that what's... After everything that you just said in that video, after everything that is happening between your planet and this rock in the sky, after all of the political unrest that you're dealing with, your main concern is, my girlfriend's not gonna believe you. (laughs) Like, she matters. No, he's so scared. He's like, I didn't mean it, Cinder. I didn't mean it. (laughs) She made you mean it. (laughs) But that is where we end the chapter. Kai says that Cinder will know it's a fake. Lavana says, I don't give two Fs and sends him back to his room. (laughs) Um, So let's talk about chapter titles for this one. Okay, so this was kind of hard because I was trying to figure out which, like, angle I wanted to go for. Like, Lavana or Kai, kind of. Um, and so I went with Kai because it was like from his point of view. And so my song title is called Angry 2 by Lola Blanc. And it's about like, I don't know. What I saw from it was how he's like stuck there and he's like, does no one else see how like fake she is? Like, like he feels like he's being forced into the situation and like, it's really like a nice place and everything, but like, he really does not want to be there. And there's this line in it where it's, like, it's not, like, exactly how it says it, but it's, like, if they knew what I knew, like, they would be angry, too. Like, so I kind of thought it was, like, talking about, like, all the, like, lunars, kind of. Like all yeah, the I like that. I like that, too. That's good. I wonder how many of them know. I feel like um something tells me, like, the elderly and, like, they're probably, like, confused, like, 
but I feel like the younger generation's probably more on to Levana. Like they kind of yeah. like, but I feel like uh, like older people or people that have been there a long time, maybe they're oh, more like or the confused, kind of brainwashed. It was like like with the um the draft thing, like in the very very beginning when he was talking like no like like it's just like my baby like why are you trying to like oh yeah like I feel like some people are he was onto like, it. Mm-hmm. That was so sad. That was. I think, a- I think we see that a lot with um, our current society. You guys know I don't like to get too far into politics, but um, I think we see that a lot with our current society, where younger mm-hmm. generations are more open about um, questioning and uh, questioning, like the way that we've always done things, should that still be the way that we should do them? And really taking into consideration, like, the actions of others and what it might mean or how it might impact them. And I think some people, like, it's not only, like, the younger generations, but the people maybe even that have seen more of her, like, reign, kind of. Like, there's definitely some where, because of that, they're gonna, like, believe her, but I feel like there's some that have kind of seen all the, like, all the bad stuff that she's done kind of add up. I think there's also, like, there's a certain point when you can see it all add up because there's, um, some of this has been hidden mm-hmm. from, like, people in Artemisia have no idea. Like, we just found out from Winter had no idea the suffering of the people in the outer sectors. Right. So, Aviana, what was your, uh, song choice? Okay, so, um, I chose Blinding by Florence and the Machine, um, and I chose it for a couple of reasons. Okay, so the first, like, the beginning of the song, one of the lyrics is, a tourist in the waking world, never quite awake. Um, and I feel like that's kind of like Kai. He's in, like, this, he's obviously, he's not home. He's in, like, a big fancy hotel, if you will, kind of. Um, while the world around him is waking up, quote unquote. Cinders has her video out. Mm-hmm. Um, people are, like, try- starting to question things, like, kind of, you know, revolution, maybe, perhaps, is starting to come. Um, so, and then it says, never quite awake. I feel like he's, yes, he's awake, he's walking, he's living, but he's also, like, um, pushed down because Levana, he's not able to, um, you know, do the things he needs to do. Um, okay, then it's, so then we got, so now it kind of goes to the part where he's being manipulated, and as he's almost, like, screaming in, in his head, like, this isn't me, this isn't what I'm saying. While Levana's like making him say all these things, like, mm-hmm. and it says, "Let's see." All my bones began to shake. My eyes flew open. Um, I feel like you know he's so angry inside that he's like, it says, "Shaking through my skull, through my spine, and all through my ribs." Um, I think, you know, he's he's obviously like on the inside. He's just coming apart, and we even hear that in the story. He's like. He's angry, like, he's like, that's not what I, like, this isn't what I want, like, but on the outside it appears he's calm because he's being manipulated. Yeah, I agree. That's good. Yeah. So, in keeping with my emo phase that I'm going through for the last three episodes, <laughs> I picked uh, False Pretense by the Red Jumpsuit Apparatus. Which I've, I'm realizing that most of the songs and artists I've picked for the last couple of weeks, people probably have never heard of. 
Um, and I'm really glad that they're still getting votes because they were emo bands that were popular when I was a teenager, which was a very long time ago. <laughs> but this song, False Pretense, is about setting a false narrative to make others see your point of view. And it's about questioning what that false pretense is and realizing that it's untrue. So the world's got a funny way of turning around on you when a friend tries to stab you right in the face. Losing faith in everything I thought set a false pretense. Set a false pretense. Betray, you're not going to be willing to change, and it doesn't seem likely to fade. In sacrifice, false pretense, you'll hurt again. Stop pretending to deny false pretense, you'll hurt again. All along, I all along, you know you thought you got the best of me. You were wrong, and I'm laughing right in your face. I cannot believe you claimed you were my family. So I'm not going to read the whole thing. You guys know that I could. But there's just a lot to unpack here in the lyrics that I think fit the narrative that Lavana is trying to, um, that Lavana's message is false. And that what Cinder is doing, what Kai is doing, what the sort of, what all of her allies are doing is questioning that false pretense. They're calling her out. They're saying, Oh, you've got a really funny way of showing that you care about your people. You you're stabbing everyone right in the face. You're not even trying to hide it behind their back. No, everyone is losing faith in you um because because now they know that there's something else to hope for and you're not willing to change. Um and then I especially like the line of I can't believe you claimed you were my family because Lavana is yeah. like, "Oh, it's my niece and I'm so sad." Oh, that's um, but, a good connection. Yeah, she's never been uh, a family to Cinder or anyone, really. Patreon members will get to vote on their chapter title choice. What was your quote for this one? About mine is, I'm not a brainless instrument to be used for your propaganda. And it's like right after Lavana has Kai like say his whole thing. And then he's like, Cinder will know. Because um, this feels like kind of the whole chapter chapter like what it's leading up to is how he's being like used and like he's in a place he doesn't want to be for a reason that he doesn't like like and stuff and it's all just like a really bad situation for him Mm -hmm. and I feel like he feels pretty like helpless kind of I mean earlier he was like ready to scale a building but now he's kind of realizing like Let's oh, be real. He was never going to scale yeah. that building. Well, no. He thought <laughs> Let's, he was. Let's, uh... I think he could have. <laughs> you and Kai are the only ones that believe he could scale a building. <laughs> if Torin was there, he could have been, like... The yeah, he special. could. He just... Like, if someone told him Cinder is at the bottom, he would be able to. Yeah. He'd be like, okay, okay. <laughs> I don't think Torin would let him tie. Torin... <laughs> again, Torin would just be like, ugh, teenagers. Like... <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted you. <laughs> oh, no, I was just, that's, like, all I was saying. Like, how he feels pretty, like, yeah, like a brainless instrument. Like, he's been used for this, like, bad thing. Like, what's the, like, something he doesn't condone. But I feel like it's, like, stronger than that. Like, yeah. Like, he's, like, there's a line where he says he would want to, like, rip his own tongue out after he said it. Which kind of reminded me of, like, the things that the lunars sometimes, like, have people do. Yeah. Like, um, It's like they can manipulate you so much that you'll want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So my quote was, 
In fact, the real similarities lie not between this woman and the cinder he knew, but between her and the cinder he'd seen at the base of the ballroom steps. Ooh! Oh, I know. I was like, this has to be it. This, this is my quote. I think it's so interesting. And I already talked about it earlier, about how it's like a reminder of Cinder's, um, I guess, like, out external beauty. <laughs> I think it's, um, it's such an interesting way to put it. I think so, too. I think it draws attention to why it's, it's familiar, but dissimilar at the same time. Uh-huh. And it reminds me, it gives, like, reminders of Ferris. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, I can't uh, imagine, like, not reading Ferris before winter. I know I had a lot of people that were like, oh, how come you decided to cover Ferris? It's it's a novella. It's not necessary for the whole story. And it's like, well, first of all, Marissa said to. Like, if you go mm-hmm. to Marissa's website, her recommendation is to read Ferris in between Cress and Winter. And then she recommends reading the graphic novels before Stars Above, which I know a lot of people didn't even bother with the graphic novels. I like the graphic novels a lot. I do too. I do too. But so I'm a cute. big advocate for graphic novels, so I'm hoping that when we cover those chapters on the podcast, it'll it'll uh, encourage people to to read them. I yeah. did it in such a bad order because I like couldn't wait. I was like, no, like I don't want to wait. So I read Cinder, Scarlet, Cress, Winter, Fairest, the um, Stars Above, and then the graphic novels. <laughs> I. I read Ferris so fast. Like, I read it in, like, an afternoon I read it in because day. I wanted to read Winter so much. <laughs> yeah, It's also like, oh, a really to... short book. Uh-huh. Yeah. Exactly. And it was it was interesting. Mm-hmm. Also, like, we understand so much more about Lavana. Like, it's not, like, her... Like, it's not trying to, like, explain why she did the thing she did, but it's, like... I don't know. Like, I feel like we get more with, like, Channery and stuff, too. And Everett and Solstice and Winter. Uh-huh. I think we get a better understanding of why Lavana is the way that she is, mm-hmm. without there being an excuse for it. Yeah, know, that's we what, don't like, feel my bad favorite for her. part was how like Marissa Meyer wasn't trying to explain her reasons. Like she wasn't like, oh yeah, like this is why. Or feel bad for her. Yeah, yeah, we don't sympathize for her by the end of it. We just understand her by the end of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, like, there was a few times where I was, like, wow, like, you had, like, a really hard life, but at the same time, I was never, like, I never felt bad for her. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, my quote was, Cinder will know it was fake. She'll know you were controlling me. On page 344. I just love Kai's priorities. Oh. <laughs> I love that after everything they've been through, Kai is like, my girlfriend's gonna know this was a fake. She won't believe you. Um... <laughs> I love that his his takeaway from that scene was was concerned that Cinder might believe it. That I find that very amusing. Also, um, like it would be so weird if Cinder was like, "Oh yeah, makes sense." Like Kai doesn't like me. <laughs> like, right? <laughs> like, Cinder's like so insecure in their relationship that she sees that and she's like, "It was a lie all along." Oh, um, I knew it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hi, this is Leah Stuhler, creator and host of YA Book Chat Podcast. If you love reading young adult books and chatting about them with your friends, then head on over to my podcast and take a listen. Each episode, my guests and I chat about a different YA book. We start spoiler-free and then head into our spoiler section where we dive into the mysteries of each book. And we do it with laughs and fun along the way. You can listen to YA Book Chat on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and wherever you get your podcast. And now, back to the show. Oh, my friend had a question for you. Yeah. So she wanted to know if you're going to keep updating that book that you were writing on Wattpad. Um, maybe. Why does she like it? Yeah, she read the whole chapter. Oh, good. Really excited. Yeah, Yeah. I thought about posting like the first five chapters on there, but I'm still in the process of rewriting it. But I'm still kind of wanting to get it published, so I'm hesitant with how much I want to put on there. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'll let her know. I'm going to see her later today, so I'll tell her. I'm so glad she she liked it. I love getting that kind of feedback because it's been like, I don't know, it's such a stressor not knowing if people like it or not, or if it's good or not. Yeah, she read the whole thing and was like, okay, where's like the rest of it? (laughs) Where does it go after this? Yeah. That's so exciting that she likes it, though. I it makes me really happy to know that she's, like, enjoying it and can't wait for the next chapter and stuff. Yeah, it was at, um, we went to Paharo Dunes for my birthday. You probably don't know what that is. Um, I don't. It's, like, <laughs> right by my house. It's it's just, like, this beach resort place. Um, oh, fun. Yeah, and I was telling, this was, like, when we were first going to, we were, like, t- um, talking about, like, recording, because it was, like, right by, around my birthday, which was, like, the like six month thing yes um and so i was telling her i was like oh yeah like like there's this like person who like has a podcast that like makes me really happy and she was like oh that's so cool and then i found out you were like writing it so i told her and she was like oh my gosh so she started reading it um and so she's always like asking like she doesn't listen to it because she hasn't finished the series yet um but she's always like okay tell me when your episode comes out i'm so glad that she liked that that makes me really happy yeah it's like my like you know like my critique partner is basically the only one that's read the new draft and of course she likes it but like she's my mm-hmm. friend so yeah she's gonna say she's she loves me she's gonna say nice things to me <laughs> yeah yeah I write a lot mostly for fun but I want to be an author like eventually and so I was thinking about like oh like people are gonna have to read this like, that's, that's part of why goal. I was like, maybe I should just self-publish because yeah. um, trying to get other people to publish it means that it's not going anywhere unless someone else publishes it. And it doesn't look like anybody else is going to publish it. So That's so scary, too, like if that's what you're relying on. Yeah, and I know some people are like, well, you just have to keep trying. It might take this many years or that many years. And I'm like, I don't want to wait that long. Yeah. Also, like, if you can and, like, you want to self-publish, like, why would you wait right like, that many years just for someone else to i mean i guess you get like a broader reach if it's like a known publisher but i don't know especially now like so many people read like ebooks and stuff yeah and i already have like a um like a a group of friends authors that are self published that could help me with that process too and i know one of my friends is an audiobook narrator, so I could tap into that. Like, mm. I have a lot of options. Yeah. yeah. 
And I think sometimes it is, but it's not really the kind of thing that people are, like, not trying to talk about. Because it's like, oh, yeah, like, this is how I did it, but I don't want other people to know how to. I mean, so. some people are really close-lipped about it. Um, yeah. But... Uh, no, I've heard stories. <laughs> yeah. But uh, luckily, that's not the, the case for me. You know, it's the same with the podcast. Like, uh, when I was first starting out, there were definitely other podcasters that I reached out to that were like, yeah, no, we don't share trade secrets. Um, uh-huh. And I'm kind of the opposite. Like, if I hear about a new podcast, I'm like, yeah, just let me know how I can help. What do you need? Um, yeah. Because I, I don't see it as like a, oh, that's competition for me. I You know, I think there's more than one seat at the table. Yeah, especially if you can find like a good like community where you can all like talk about it and stuff. Yeah. That's why I started like there's also a, a Facebook page that I started mm-hmm. that um, is for other book club podcasters. So all of us can kind of talk to each other and share ideas. And if we need a guest, we can go on there like um, just really yeah. easy stuff like that. Yeah, I was listening, I think I mentioned it last time, but I was listening to, um, oh my gosh, Megan Russell. <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. I love her. Yeah, um, Megan Russell. I was, like, listening to her podcast, and I just feel like it would be so nice to have, like, like as an author, like, like something like that, like, because she'll, like, just talk about, like, her process and stuff, but it's not, like, okay, this is what you have to do if you want to self-publish. Like, right, it's just, like, how she did it, and and yeah. uh, she's a, a really good friend of mine, and I've been able to talk to her and get her advice on some of this stuff, too, because there's a lot of options with self-publishing, and it's hard to know, like, what the best one is, because it's going to be different for everybody. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, like, the way she talks about it, it doesn't sound like she's saying, like, Oh, like, I managed to do this, like, hard thing, but, like, no one else should be able to. Mm -hmm. Like, no one else needs to, like, know how to do it. And some people are like that. Like, I've reached out to other authors before, and they're like, well, you kind of have to figure that out for yourself. Like, I don't tell other people how to do it. That's their job. And it's like, "Mm, okay. Um, Yeah. Or, like, um, like, if someone didn't have a resource, but then they're like, oh, well, I managed to do it, so, like, no one else should like, right, beginning. like, I had to suffer, why shouldn't you, kind of concept, which yeah. I also never understood. Yeah, like, yeah, I think if, also, because it's not like, once you tell someone else, like, your little tips, it's not like they're going to immediately, like, steal all your ideas, and then you'll have, like, no, like, readers. Well, also, they're not like, taking your book. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they're not taking your book away from you. Yeah. Because also, like, the bigger that community is, the um, more support that you have, because now you'll have all these other people that can help promote your story. Yeah. So why would you want to miss out on that, you know? It's like, welcome back to Indie Aspiring Author Podcast. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so chapter 38 Ileana had to step away so maybe she'll come back we don't know yet Lauren Lavana's perspective and she is ordering that her video be played around the clock everywhere that Cinder's video played so basically anyone that Cinder reached out to she wants to reach out to them as well and she wants hourly reports of the monitor feeds um of everyone watching these videos. She's like, I want to know what they think. I want to know what they feel. I want to know what their reaction is. I want everything. Which I find very amusing. Like, you definitely don't seem like you're reacting or panicking at all. This feels, oh my gosh, no, this would be so confusing for, like, just, like, the people living there, I feel like. Like, they're getting all sorts of, like, different information and then told it's, like, 
bad that they heard that kind of. Yeah, yeah. And I think also it's part of, um, I think it's, it's partly gonna sway them, you know, for those of them that were kind of on the fence about supporting Cinder, they're going to be even more confused about who they want to support now. Yeah. There's been reports that there's minor upheavals in 31 sectors, mostly people that were refusing curfew and attacking the guards, but some of them are actually stealing. Agriculture sectors specifically are taking food for themselves. And all of this kind of reminds me of the Hunger Games. Yeah, me too. A lot of like Luna kind of reminds me of um, the capital. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. And I can't decide who she reminds me of more, um, like Coin or Snow. I think Lavana is more like Snow. Because Coin was more calculating. Very well, calculating. Was, well, yeah, actually, Coin like, also presented herself as this savior of the peeper, people when she wasn't any different mm-hmm. than Snow. So maybe she is more like Coin. But in the beginning, a lot of people actually thought she was, like, doing a lot of good. Like, they couldn't really see it. They couldn't tell, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I think she's kind of, like, a mix. Yeah, um, I think that's true. But it reminds me of, like, how she's, like, holding Kai kind of, like, um, I don't know, like, Finnick, almost? Or just, like, like, the victors, how they're not really, like, free. Right, they're used for the propaganda and promotion yeah. of the civil unrest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're used to reassure that the power lies within the capital. Yeah. Yeah. Lavana says to send out more security, more guards, thaumaturges if necessary, and the number one's priority is to find the cyborg. For someone who, like, doesn't feel threatened, and doesn't think that the cyborg is really Celine and doesn't think that she has any issues of losing her crown. She sure is making a real big deal about finding the cyborg and counteracting Cinder's video. And I think she kind of always has been like that. Like, mm-hmm. like she tried to have her niece like killed because she was scared she wouldn't like immediately be queen. Like she's just very, not only like power hungry, but like, I think she's, like, actually, like, terrified of not always being in control, like, 100% of the time. Like, she's definitely shaken by this. Like, like there's this part when she's like, no, she was supposed to die. Like, what happened? Like, it would have been so much easier for her. It would have been what she wanted it to be if she had just died like she was supposed to. Yeah, I just, I don't think she can ever actually be happy, though. Like, I think she thinks she would be if Cinder had just died, but... I don't think that she can have sustainable happiness. I think she has moments where she thinks she's happy, but then she thinks of the next thing that she needs to conquer or accomplish. Yeah, I don't even know what it's called, but it's like, like, I think right now she's convincing herself that, like, total, like, power and control is what she needs, like, to be happy and, like, to feel, like, good about herself. But I think even if she did get that, there would always be something else. Right. Lavana remembers her first encounter with Cinder at the ball. She remembers her glamour. And this is one of the first times that I can recall that she is acknowledging that Cinder is Celine. In the past, she has had moments where she's been like, she looked a lot like Channery or 
could it really be her niece who was supposed to be dead? But now she's like, of course it's Celine. I think she's realizing how kind of, like, what a threat she really is to her. Uh Uh-huh. Like, she's kind of letting herself realize, like, because I feel like the whole thing about how she was saying, oh, like, the cyborg, like, she was trying to kind of, like, take her down off this, like, pedestal of, like, wait, she actually does have, like, a lot of power or, like, possibility that she could, like, take my crown and stuff. Yeah, because if she wasn't Celine, then she would just be some random cyborg out to take control of Luna with some crockpot idea. But because she considers herself to be Celine, she has actual power. And the person who gives her that power is Lavana, because the more that Lavana fights back, the more that it becomes obvious that she's threatened for a reason. Right. And I think that's why she's kind of trying to be like, oh, no, like, it's not a big deal. Like, but at the same time, she really is freaking out. But I think she doesn't want, like, the people to know, like, wait, this is actually, like, a thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, I think she's trying to, like, not give Cinder power, like, by, like, fearing her, I guess. Because that means she, like, has power. Yeah. And that that power comes from... From people believing her story. Right. Yeah. I'm looking through my notes right now, and it looks like there's only been one other time that Lavana acknowledged in her perspective that it could be Celine. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, this is one of our first instances where Lavana openly admits that it's definitely Celine. And I think one of the reasons why she's very, like, threatened by her is because of Channery. Like, it it's reminding her of how she's never really been like good enough, I think. And I think that's like why she's so like, like when we are talking about how she can never really be happy, like there's always something else she has to do. I think it's because she was kind of told her whole childhood, like, oh, like she wasn't good enough and she was like treated really bad by Channery. And so it's like, she has that like kind of trauma already. Yeah. And I think that is, um, even if she had married Kai and gained access to Earth, even if there was no Cinder slash Celine, I think that she, you know, you're right, she wouldn't have been happy because once she got to Earth, she would have wanted control over all of Earth. Mm-hmm. Once she had control over all of Earth and all of Luna, there would just be one more thing that she needed to gain control over. Like, even if she got control of literally, like, everything, like... I just don't see it being enough for her. Like, she would just be like, okay, like, what's the next thing? I don't know. Like, if I'm just thinking about it, I feel like she would kind of panic after she got everything. Like, there's nothing else really for her. What's she going to do? Like, she has control over everyone. She has, like, enough, like, resources and stuff. But then, like, eventually someone else is going to take over. When that someone takes over, whether it's Celine or someone else, Lavana will lose all the power she's worked so hard for. Yeah. Amory is at her side, and Lavana starts talking about, like, how she's the queen. It's been her blood, it's been her sweat, it's been her life put into saving these people. And she has a line where she talks about controlling thousands of them at once. Mm -hmm. And we've been talking for the last few books about how there's this suspicion or superstition that if the Blackburn family is no longer on the throne, they will then all of the Lunars will lose their gift because the Blackburn line is the strongest. And I've always thought of it as like propaganda, but mm-hmm. 
Cinder struggles to control more than, like, five people at once. We've yeah. seen that, like, the average person can't do much more than glamour themselves or make one or two people do a little bit here or there. Even the thaumaturges have limitations. But she can control thousands at once. Like, maybe there is something really powerful about this Blackburn line. Yeah. But I also wonder if it's just, like, not so much propaganda, but just something that maybe even, like, Lavana believes just because of, like, how long that's been a thing that they've, like, been told. And so maybe it's, like, because of that, it's, like, kind of real. Like, if she's confident enough in it or something. Kind of like the opposite of a placebo effect. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. So Amory has come to her with good news. The strain of Lodimosis that killed Dr. Erland, they were able to extract it and replicate it, which means they can now target Lunars if they want to. And the antidote still works, but it has to be administered a lot faster. Now, why would this be good news? Levana wouldn't want to poison her own people, would she? Actually, yes, she would. Because once she does, they will they will be in the same position Earth is in, where they are dying and they can't save themselves. And then she comes in with the antidote. In order to get that antidote, they're going to have to pledge their allegiance. Cinder can't provide them with an antidote. Yeah, there's this line that I almost picked where it's like, now no one was immune, not even her own people. What a strange, miraculous thing. Like, I think it just speaks to how kind of like insane she is. Like if, like, she's not worried about that. She's like, oh, this is, like, convenient for me. And and what that offers her, she has power again. Like, yeah, like, her plan is, like, to come in and, like, they're all going to have to, like, pledge their allegiance to her and stuff. But then, mm-hmm. like, if all of them die, like, is she not worried about that? I don't think I she's mean, worried about that. Because yeah. also, she's not going to kill everyone. She It's going to be like mm-hmm. with Earth. She'll weaken them. But also, in this scenario, she's also going to become Empress. So she'll get mm-hmm. access to humans as resources and um, workers as well. Right. Yeah. So if she loses a few Lunars to gain her control, then that's fine. Because she's about to have access to a bunch of Earthens that she can use as slaves. Yeah. So right when Lavana is having this revelation, she gets more good news. They found the cyborg. And that's where our chapter ends with the woman uh, interrupting Lavana's thoughts to say that they found a cyborg. So that is the end of this week's chapter. We lost Aviana like halfway through the recording, but I will go ahead and share her. Um, her chapter title thank you yes her chapter title because i already put it on patreon so okay so for chapter 38 her song title was power and control by marina and the diamonds nia do you want to talk about yours yeah mine's jokes on you by charlotte lawrence and there's this well it's like three lines it's and now i'm laughing through my tears i'm crying through my fear but baby if i had to choose the jokes on you the jokes on you god knows i've tried to be kind but i will just lay down and die wearing a fake smile the jokes on you and it kind of reminds me of like the last part how she's like all she cares about is power so like she doesn't really care if 
like at this point she's kind of I've kind of tried to make them like me and it's not really working so like fear yeah that's a good choice yeah so my choice was the taste of ink by the used obviously every line of the song that's how I feel every time I pick a song I I try (laughs) to find one where I feel like every word could encapsulate this chapter but um especially the concept that that you're in charge uh, so the lyrics in particular that stand out to me is so here I am it's in my hands and I'll savor every moment of this so here mm-hmm. I am alive at last and I'll savor every moment of this that's how Lavana is feeling at the end of this chapter she has her control back she has the letimosis strain she has uh they finally found the cyborg she got her propaganda video out there like she is back in control right um I'm not going to say every word, but basically she's standing um, at the top of the city and she can see everything around her and she's lonely. She feels lonely. She's in a sea of loneliness, um, but she still has a lot to look forward to because this is her opportunity to really uh, accomplish what she's trying to accomplish, which is, is power and control um, in every possible sense. So the last line I want to mention is, um, won't you think I'm pretty when I'm standing top the bright lit city? That's so good. Like, yeah, I feel like there's a lot of songs where, I don't know. I mean, of course, like Taylor Swift, but like the way the chapters are kind of, I don't even know how to say it, like organized. It's like really not easy, but like there's a lot of kind of like options for which songs to do. Yeah, and I think with all of us being, like, book people, you know, like, myself, I'm a, when it comes to music, I'm lyrics. Yeah, me too. Obviously, I love a good beat and a good and a good melody and stuff, but, like, lyrics are huge for me. If I like the lyrics, I'm gonna like the song. Um, right. Because I, I focus on the message, I focus on the story. And I think that that's yeah. really common in readers, because we already appreciate a good narrative, a good story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, the overall plot has to be good, too. But if there's, like, I don't even know, like, an underlying part, that's, like, what I really like in books. Like, if it's not just, okay, we're on this adventure, and then we get there, and then it's over. But, like, if there's kind of, like, another thing, like, character transformation and stuff. Character transformation, world transformation, like, what we see in these books, we see a a shift in the societal dynamics. In the Commonwealth, we see the very slow and gradual acceptance of cyborgs as human beings and they're taken away from the draft and things like that on luna we see the loss of a uh uh we see the the queen kind of lose her control and the people revolt and we see the aristocracies finally being held accountable for their choices and the way that they've taken advantage of society over the years yeah like it's not just cinder started out as like an orphan and then oh my she's like in charge and stuff like it's not only like it's not just her transformation and it's not only the characters it's like the whole society i agree so aviana's quote for this one was my blood and my soul i am their queen that's a really good quote yeah i like i love that that quote when she's talking to amory that's the part when she's thinking about, yeah, Amory is at her side. She says, these are my people. 
my blood and my soul. I am their queen. And Amory says, of course you are, your majesty. This cyborg has no idea what it is to be queen. Yeah, that was almost my quote, too. I really like how she, like, whispers it. Because she's never really been the person to, like, kind of, like, freak out. Like, like she doesn't like people seeing her like that. Also, she's, like, showing weakness, too. Which I guess isn't, like, that much of a thing. Because it's, like, just him. But, like... That was I, when we were talking about Ferris earlier. Like, she has such good character development, but it's not, like, a redemption arc or anything. Like, that's, like, one of my favorite, like, parts about her character. Yeah, you understand her character better, but you don't sympathize. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and I mean, there's definitely been, like, really good, like, redemption arcs and stuff. But, like, also, I feel like you don't have to give the villain one. And because Marissa Myers is, like, such a good author, she does it so well. Like, I don't wish I felt bad for Lilana. Yeah, that's true. You don't feel at a loss for not getting that kind of a story. Yeah. So what was your quote for this one? My quote is, this uprising must be brought to an end. It's, like, at the very end. Um, Because it's kind of, like, I mean, it's slightly different because she wants the uprising to end. But that's kind of what I think everyone is thinking at this point, like, Cinder wants it to end because she wants it to be over it to like work out and stuff and like her whole but like I, I think everyone's kind of thinking that at this point like not even just like Kai and Lavana and like everyone else like on their sides but like it's really kind of destroying like everyone's worlds right now and so I think for Lavana she's like no we have to like stop them but then Cinder's like no we have to like succeed it's a good way to end the chapter yeah. You know, like, we had a chapter, a couple chapters ago, we had a chapter ending with Cinder saying, like, the revolution has begun, and now we have a chapter saying, like, this revolution needs to end. Yeah. So it's, like, a nice parallel between the two. So mine was, Lavana could still see her like a photograph imprinted forever in her memory from page 336, and she's talking about the memory of Celine and Channery. And I love the, I just love the concept of like this memory is so severe and so vivid that it's like a photo. She can't get rid of it. It's imprinted on her. To her, it's scary. So it's one of those things where it's like when she closes her eyes, it's there when she's, you know, it's just, it's an imprint that she can't seem to shake or get rid of. Yeah. Yeah. I think also, it's so much about image, like, with the glamours and stuff. It's just, like, another kind of layer of that, like, a different type, but it's kind of the same thing. Like, she's stuck, like, forced to look at it, kind of like everyone else, like, looking right. at her, um, her glamour. Yeah, that's a good point. So, this week, there were two Easter eggs, and the bonus word hair appeared once, and the bonus word captain appeared once. Next week, we're going to cover chapters 39 and 40. What else do I do at the end of an episode? I say rate, review, and subscribe, and follow everywhere at Prince Kai Fan Pod, and check out Patreon for a chance to be a guest with me. And also, if you're missing the fact that I don't do a, an episode every single week anymore, there's like 30 bonus episodes, so you can go listen to all of those. For those of you that have been emailing asking for Twilight episodes, there are some on Patreon. Like, my sister and I have done commentary episodes on almost all the Twilight movies. I think we just have the last two left, so go to Patreon right now and listen to them. Exciting. Yeah. There's so many bonus episodes on there, I don't even know what we've covered at this point. Mia, thank you very much for being here. Thank you for having me. 
I hope that you had fun, and I'm sure we'll get to record again in the future. Yeah, I had a great time. Good. Thank you. All right, everyone. Thank you for being here. Keep reading, keep listening, and until next time, don't get glamored. Don't get glamored. Bye. Bye. The passages read for you today are from Winter by Marissa Meyer. The audio clips were from Rebecca Soler's performance of Winter, a Macmillan audio production. This podcast is hosted and produced by Bethany Finger, and today's special guests were Aviana and Nia. The intro-outro music was composed by Emma Pavo, and the logo art was created by Sunlit Tangles on Instagram. Thank you for listening. You are getting sleepy, very sleepy. Your CPAP mask is clamped tightly to your face. Right, my darling? Yes, dear. You will not toss and turn through the whooshing. You will not throw the mask. You will not dislodge the hose and blast air all about the bedroom. You will not wake me, your loving husband, who yearns for even a single night of uninterrupted slumber, please. It's not working, Harold. People who struggle with CPAP have partners who struggle too. Luckily, now there's Inspire. Inspire treats the root cause of sleep apnea inside your body. While you sleep, Inspire keeps your airway clear so you can breathe normally and rest comfortably. No mask, no hose, just sleep. When I snap my fingers, you will remember to visit InspireSleep.com to learn more. Inspire, sleep apnea innovation. Inspire is not for everyone. Talk to your doctor to see if it's right for you and review important safety information at InspireSleep.com.